So absolutely wonderful to be back with my friends at Bayside and uh, Rob and Christy and the whole team and all of you. And the verse I've chosen to reflect on is really a resurrection, Easter Sunday verse, John chapter 20. And uh, it says, on the evening of the first day of the week, Sunday, when the disciples were locked in, they were locked in for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in their midst and he said, peace be with you. Up to this point, the only person on this Resurrection Sunday who had seen the Lord was Mary Magdalene. She had been there at the tomb, weeping, and then had mistaken Jesus for the gardener. Quite appropriate, actually, when we think that the resurrection is the restoration of a totally new creation. Some call it the eighth day of creation. We are back in the garden, the Garden of Eden, where sin and brokenness and evil all began. Well, I'm struck that... There's a woman out there at the tomb and meeting Jesus. And where are the men? They're behind locked doors. They are paralysed with fear. Well, there's probably no scripture that better describes the time we're all feeling here in Victoria. Here we go again. Last uh, Tuesday when uh, the Premier announced another six-week lockdown, I just felt the air go out of the balloon right across Melbourne. I felt my heart break for so many businesses that had just stocked up, had just reopened. And now, here they were with economic devastation again. And we're locked down. Well, they may not be locked doors, but they're locked in terms of us being able to have friends over, to visit family, to come to church, to go to school, to be out doing the things we love doing. Lockdown is not pleasant. It wasn't pleasant for the fearful disciples on that first day. And what is so extraordinary is just as they had great anxiety about the death of the one they believed was the Messiah and great doubt about Mary Magdalene and the women's reports, that was just stunning and astonishing and scarcely credible. They were profoundly anxious. Our world, right at the moment, is profoundly anxious. You know, the confusion, the sense of utterly being bereft for the disciples, being bewildered and scared is exactly the emotions the world is feeling. I've never lived through a moment like this. In my 16 years at World Vision, I would go to every disaster, wherever it was on the planet, tsunami, earthquake, wars. But what was always striking was beyond the disaster area, normal life was going on. Economic activity was going on. You could organise donations. You could organise help. This is a global disaster with a global consciousness. All of us are watching the infection rates, country by country, the death rates. We are all living with anxiety and fear. And again, we're in lockdown. Well, the extraordinary fear of the disciples was something 
that I think we need to reflect on. You see, many people think that the opposite of faith is doubt. I have to be honest. As a Christian, I often live with doubt. In COVID-19, I've had my moments of doubt. Where is God? Is he still in control? What are God's purposes for the world? Has he given up on us? Has he washed his hands of us? These are doubts that I live with. I read scripture and I recognise that the opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is fear. It's anxiety. 365 times in scripture we're told, fear not, be not afraid, do not be anxious. 365 verses, one for every day of the week. The opposite of faith is fear. And the faith of the disciples that Jesus was the Christ had been shattered with the crucifixion. And here they were in lockdown. Well, we know that with the crucifixion, they had great fear of those Jewish leaders who had handed Jesus over. He had been crucified three languages declaring he was the king of the Jews. He was Israel's Messiah and not just a challenge to the Jewish leaders who recognised that he wasn't their Messiah, a challenge to Rome. For him to be crucified as the king of the Jews saw even Jewish leaders saying, we have no king but Caesar. Caesar Augustus, that imperial Caesar, had declared he is the son of God. He is the Lord, the king. Even plaques around the Roman world had evangelical, oi and galian in Greek, the good news, with a plaque saying, the good news, Caesar brings peace to the whole world, the peace of Caesar. Well, here was Jesus crucified as the king, as the Lord, claiming to be the son of God, offering a different peace, the peace of love your neighbour, love even your enemy. This was a direct threat to Rome. It was certainly a direct threat to the Jewish leaders who said, we are under Caesar. This person is dangerous. So I'm not surprised that they were behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. Well, when we think of their fear, we think of our fear. Over 600,000 people now dead, 13 million infected. This virus is highly infectious. Super spreaders who may be asymptomatic, they don't even know they're sick. And we are behind locked doors on health grounds, trying to be careful. We know that even people who have done nothing wrong have often been in some ways caught up and even punished. When you think of people in the high-rise flats, they did nothing wrong other than touch a lift button or 
a communal door handle with high-rise flats being like uh, a cruise ship and they were locked down with police surrounding them. Of course, when the verse says they were fearful of the Jews, we need to be really careful here. Sadly, some Christians read the Jews, Jewish people, as to blame for Jesus' death rather than Jewish leaders. Martin Luther, the great reformer, did. I think Martin Luther believed that uh, a corrupt Roman Catholic church and a corrupt gospel of works that they preached was explanation for why the Jews hadn't converted to Christianity and when his Reformation gospel, faith alone, was preached, the Jews would all be obedient and convert. When they didn't, Martin Luther turned on them. He said terrible things. Turn them out of their houses, burn their houses down. We know pogroms at Easter leading right up to what happened in the Holocaust in Nazi Germany came often from Christian traditions that wrongly interpreted this. I look at this and I think we have a fear of China. It's really important to say we have a fear of the government of China, not Chinese people, not racist insults as has happened in COVID-19 lockdown, even here in Australia, directed at people of Chinese origin. Their government is different to the people. Fear of Jewish leaders for the disciples isn't blaming Jewish people. Well, in mentioning Jewish people, let me tell you a story, a wonderful story about Australian Jewish people. I'm a patron for Project Rosanna. Mainly Jewish Australians getting children out of Gaza and the West Bank for health treatment in Jewish hospitals in Jerusalem. And this is, this is life-saving treatment. Project Rosanna asked me if I would ask our health minister, Greg Hunt, to get 20 ICU ventilators, because Australia now has a superabundance, negotiate with the government of Israel to send them to Hebron and Bethlehem. It's amazing Bethlehem that we think about every Christmas, the birthplace of our, our saviour, does not have an ICU ventilator. Greg Hunt was happy to release 20 and we have raised the money, including the shipping, for these machines to go to Hebron, to Bethlehem, to biblical names. This is a wonderful initiative of Jewish people, supported by our health minister releasing some of these machines. Well, this threat is global and some people don't have doors to lock. I think of the refugees in tents that I visited in Lebanon, in Jordan. How do they wash their hands? They have only enough water to wash their children once a week. How do they physically distance? In Cox's Bazaar in Bangladesh, where the Rohingya are, and I've been there, it is so congested, so humid, when I entered that camp in Bangladesh, I described it as like going through the gates of hell an inferno of humidity and human congestion. And now the virus is there. When we think how we in Australia, though with challenges, have largely dodged a bullet. We've seen a suppression of the virus. We need 
to think that Christian faith, right from the beginning, was profoundly international. Neither Jew nor Greek. Everyone carries the image of God. And talking to a friend, a Christian friend in Jakarta just this week, he said to me he knows three people, friends who have died of COVID-19. He said, most people in Jakarta know someone who's infected. The virus is spreading amongst our nearest neighbours. Well, in the midst of their anxiety behind locked doors, Jesus appears in their midst. The doors weren't unlocked. There wasn't a polite knock. Jesus appears, the wonderful truth of the resurrection body, a truth that is so paradoxical because he shows them his hands with the nail prints, his side with the spear. It's still carrying the wounds of crucifixion. You know what that says to me? Resurrection just doesn't obliterate all pain and suffering. The marks of suffering are still in the resurrected Jesus. It tells me that what we do for God here on this earth lasts. It, it counts. That what we do in feeding those who are hungry, in visiting those who are sick, in bringing faith, not fear, to people, this is preserved in the resurrection. Well, Jesus appeared. We know that thanks to wireless airwaves, we can have behind our locked doors Zoom and Facebook and Instagram. But God did not so love the world that he Zoomed us, that he Facebooked us, that he Instagrammed us. God came in Jesus. He humbled himself, taking on the form of a human. That raises in my mind the question, and it's quite an ancient theological question, Jesus was here. Would he be vulnerable to COVID-19, the Son of God? I believe he would. I believe the church said, very man of very man and very God of very God. He humbled himself and took on all of our frailties. The world is biologically connected. It shows that race and gender and sexuality and caste make no difference. The virus affects all of us. None of us are safe until all are safe. Well, Jesus humbles himself even to death on a cross. When you hear people speaking about social justice today or the poor and their secular people, even atheists, I smile. When they speak like that, they're showing their debt to Christianity. If people are concerned about social justice, blame Christianity for that. The Greco-Roman world, it had no interest in the poor and the weak. It couldn't make any sense of Jesus saying, blessed are the meek. For them, it was the strong. And crucifixion was the ultimate triumph of the strong, showing that anyone who rebelled, anyone who disobeyed them, the Pax Romana, the power of Rome, Caesar Augustus, his lordship, would die a humiliating death. The cross has morphed from utter humiliation to being the symbol that God loves those who are most abandoned, who are most disgusting. Even the Jewish law said, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Cursed 
That's why Saul, before he became Paul, couldn't believe the voice he heard on the Damascus road with the blinding light. Who, who are you? I am Jesus who you persecuted. Why couldn't Paul believe it? He knew the Hebrew scriptures. Jesus is cursed. He died on a, on a cross, on a tree. That is utterly unclean. This Jesus is the Messiah. Well, it answers for me the most profound questions all humans have. Do I matter? Yes, I matter to God, whatever my frailty. Do I have purpose? This is the second big question. Yes, I have purpose. God loved me so much that Jesus died for me. Will I ever be abandoned? We are living with this fear behind locked doors that we're alone, separated, isolated, abandoned. No, you will never be abandoned. Jesus appears behind even locked doors. I really pray, I really pray that you will experience the blessing in your homes, even behind locked doors of the presence of Jesus in your midst, that you will know his presence, his love, that he hasn't given up on this world, that he is still in control and loves it despite COVID-19, that whatever the fear of facing financial loss, of exhaustion as you oversee schooling for your kids, often cooped up, of facing illness and uncertainty, you'll know Jesus appearing. Jesus appearing to you. One of the reasons we are launching at MICA Challenge and MICA Australia that I lead an end COVID for all campaign is we're saying though our national borders are locked and shut down, our hearts are not locked. End COVID for all is saying let's remember our neighbours in East Timor, in Papua New Guinea, in the Solomons, in Indonesia. These are people loved by God. Let's be generous, pray for them, talk to them if we can and show that we will sign the pledge, end COVID for all. It's really based on the last great teaching that Jesus gave before his death and resurrection, before he appeared to those disciples behind locked doors. His last great teaching is found in Matthew 25. And people are genuinely surprised. Lord, when did we see you hungry, naked, thirsty, in prison? And Jesus just said, that person who was hungry and you fed, yep, that was me. And that person who was naked, yep, that too was me. That person in the refugee camp infected with COVID-19, yeah, that was me. End COVID for all is us reaching out to all of these people and saying, our God, our God, who can appear to us behind locked doors, even with our boundaries nationally closed, opens our hearts to give, to love, to give hope to others. Because the opposite of faith is fear. Faith is the antidote to anxiety and to fearfulness that's gripping our world.